When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. He can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. Happy Thursday to you. It is March 25th, and stick around because we are going to be running the full gamut on agribusiness news this morning. Near the end of the show, I'm going to catch up with Ryan Yonkman. He is a market analyst with Rice Dairy LLC in Chicago. We're going to be talking about everything that you should be aware of in the marketplace. And in just a few moments, I'm going to have a really good conversation with Jamie Butkey from the Wisconsin Association of Fairs talking about what we can expect for our county fairs in 2021. And then also, just yesterday, Wisconsin Farm Bureau had their annual Ag Day at the Capitol, and even though it looked really different, it was very productive, it was really well done, and they got a lot of things accomplished. So Karen Geffert with their government relations team is going to join me this morning as well. All of that is straight ahead, and for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24-7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. Stay tuned as we'll be right back. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As a proud sponsor of the WIAA, Rural Mutual roots for all of Wisconsin student-athletes. Whether they're a hometown hero or they dream of the national spotlight, sportsmanship keeps Wisconsin strong. Visit RuralMutual.com slash WIAA to learn more about how they support high school athletics. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select Case IH equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compure Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Well, we just officially hit spring, but summer will be here before we know it. And that means we're hopefully counting down to county fair season from the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse. I'm Caitlin Riley, and there are some signs that we're getting back to a sense of normalcy. But I know people are still pretty cautious about the health and safety of folks, especially when it comes to our county fairs, thinking about their exhibitors and fairgoers. And Josh, you recently had the chance to catch up with our individuals in the fair industry to see what their outlook is so far for 2021. Caitlin, I sure did. And and I will uh, concur with what you said. Fingers crossed that we can go to some county fairs uh, this upcoming summer. It's Josh Scramlin here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And the person I spoke with is Jamie Butkey. She's the executive secretary of the Wisconsin Association of Fairs. And obviously we know how things went last year. If there was a fair, it was stripped back or it was uh, just a livestock show. So what is going to be the story this year as things are better? There's obviously 
obviously a lot of vaccinations being rolled out. It's still going to be a county-by-county basis, though. And I asked Jamie to just reflect on what our county fairs have been through over the past year. Sure. 2020 um, was a a year of everyone trying to figure out what ingredients it all took in order to have their county fair. And uh, that being said, uh, 53 of our fairs uh, were canceled last year. And 22 that took place had some type of a modified fair. And when I say modified, there were really only a handful that let the general public in. Otherwise, they were pretty much exhibitor-based. And one of the things that we really truly learned in 2020 was that although agriculture and showcasing your products, you know, the the animal that you worked with on all year, the woodworking project that you took and so forth, um, although it's fabulous to be able to showcase those, the other ingredients that went along with, um, you know, paid gate, money from concession stands, entertainment, all kind of in sponsorship, all helped make, you know, it more affordable for you to cover the egg component that takes place in a fair, which is what fairs all started with. So um, there were a lot of fairs last year that did whatever they could to host that modified version, but um, they also realized that they needed so many more working pieces in order to make their fair profitable. So a lot of fairs last year were just looking to um, give that experience for the kids uh, that they could have the showcase of their products, um, and then with the hopes that we come back in 2021 and can have a fair season again. So, Jamie, at this point in time, as we get further into 2021, what are you hearing from fairs around the state? What seems to be the general consensus? Sure. So one of the things the Wisconsin Association of Fairs is doing is we've been hosting Talk It Out Tuesdays. So uh, since the beginning of February, uh, every week we've been hosting an hour, hour and a half session where we're trying to find what that topic is to help fairs prepare, prepare for 2021. We had to cancel our annual convention in January due to the pandemic, so we didn't give that opportunity. So instead, uh, we took this approach. And what's been great is we've been able to bring um, Department of Ag Trade and Consumer Protection in to give us updates. We've also been able to talk about what fairs did last year when they were trying to have their fair, how they worked with their health departments, what they were doing for planning purposes to make sure that they could provide the safest environment possible for everyone who was participating. So we kind of rehash what fairs did, what was successful, uh, and then how they can incorporate those plans and carry them over into 2021 so that we once again can, you know, make it the safest environment possible for people to come to fairs. So the one thing is I will say that our fairs are very optimistic to have their event. Um, we've had one fair that has altered their date um, from early July to Labor Day weekend. But other than that, so far, everybody else is, you know, sailing on having their fair. Uh, We have 75 county, district, and state fairs that are members of the Wisconsin Association of Fairs. And at this time, they're planning on moving forward with the, the 2021 fair season. A big part of the conversation that people seem to forget about sometimes is that fairs, you know, there's finances behind these things. So kind of walk me through what the ground that we're standing on financially looks like for a lot of our Wisconsin county fairs. Sure. So one of the things that, you know, fairs were, a lot of fairs were able to apply for PPE funding and so forth. But what we found was the way the 75 fairs are set up, they are combinations of egg societies, private entities, county run, or uh, a match of, you know, 50-50 one way or the other. And then some own their grounds, some the county owns the grounds. So there's all these unique makeups. So what we found was fairs kind of got missed in that first pot of funding that came out last year when it, with any of the stimulus money. 
we didn't quite fit the, entertain, the entertainment venue, um, even though a lot of our fairs have grandstands. And then there was this assumption that our fairs were covered with money that counties received because they're county-funded. Well, they're not all county-funded. And then where does a fair rank in the number of things that counties need to use with their money? So it's been interesting that our fairs are so different and so unique that we kind of got missed, and it's not for lack of trying. Um, We definitely had reached out to different sources, and we just kept running into a wall to say we just didn't fit the mold that was out there. So we are very hopeful, um, you know, to see if this next round of stimulus money does get some help for our fairs. Because the thing that, you know, a lot of people don't realize is all those different ingredients that go into making those fairs happen. Um, and we want to make, you know, the, we want the fair to happen. Um, we were very fortunate that the fairs that did take place received sponsorship dollars last year. And But I don't know if that's going to be the same success this year as it was last year because, Every business is hit economically, you know, with what's going on. So we, we hope that we always have those partners, but we also need to be cautious that maybe we won't. The other side of it is when you look at those patrons, so you have the patrons that come to the fair, but then you also have the group of uh, exhibitors. So not only those that actually show their animals and show their projects, but you also have your food vendors, which in turn is your service clubs, and you have your rodeos and your carnivals and your entertainment you know, the entertainment industry is kind of slow, you know, to come back out, you know, as far as who's touring and who's not touring. So, you know, know, it's just, it's this ripple effect. Um, But the concern is that we can go through one fair season and we can make, you know, adaptations and we can um, try to make the best event that we can. But a second year, you know, without, without patrons coming to your fair. I don't know how many fairs can survive a second or a third year like that. And then also all of those suppliers that we have. Um, You know, how many food stands are going to change and they have different requirements this year. Will our carnival industry have the same amount of ride companies in place? So those are all other things that fairs are thinking of. And then they're also working with their health departments to figure out what needs to be done in order to make it the safest environment for attendees. Jamie Butkey, the Executive Secretary of the Wisconsin Association of Fairs, is along with us right now on the Midwest Farm Report. Jamie, the logistics behind a county fair are insane. There's so much that goes into it. You add a pandemic on top of that, and it really, really complicates all those logistics because you can't just turn on a dime when it comes to something like a carnival. Yeah, so... There's a there's a so there's a couple organizations that we work with. So one of them is the International Association of Fairs and Expositions, which is the IAFE, and the other one is the Outdoor Amusement Association. And OABA has been working on things uh, nationally to to get help, um, but they've also been working on different ways that our carnival industry. So they basically represent the outdoor business, the carnival industries, the food vendors, and so forth. And so they've been they've been working on you know, how do you, how is the queue line when people get on a ride? You know, so can you do social distancing with that or can you create certain channels um, to keep it a safer thing? There are different cleaning protocols that they're doing. Um, And then some of them, it's as simple as maybe we're not going to bring all the same rides. Maybe we're going to bring one or two less rides so that rides can be spaced out more. Um, And then even from the food vendor side of it, um, everything's got to be prepackaged, right? It's not like you have the open ketchup bottles and all that kind of stuff. So they're, they're, they're working so hard. All of our industries are working really hard together to provide the safest, you know, environment out there. But, you know, social distancing probably isn't the, the thing that comes to mind when you think about going to a fair. 
There's a lot of events that are just pushing back their dates in the hopes that they have a more favorable situation if they move to August or September. Is that feasible for a lot of our county fairs to push back their start date? No, I don't think they're going to. And and the reason for that is, you know, kids pick out their animals, whether it's the market sale animals, or they start different projects, um, growing crops, bringing flowers. Those are all kind of, they kind of know what fits what season, because what you bring to the Elroy Fair the last week in June versus what you bring to the Vernon County Fair in late September are two totally different things. So, but when it comes to, hey, I have a market animal and I need to, you know, feed it properly, buy it by a certain time so that it can make weight and so forth, and then to say, oh, we're going to switch our fair date. So I really don't see that happening. I think if they were going to do it, that probably already would have been happening. The other thing is they've got a lot of contracts, you know, tent rental companies, the carnivals. They can't just up and change those dates. The carnival's a big one. You know, it's not like we've got an extra amount of carnival companies out there who are looking to do business. They're on routes. I mean, they come from Florida, um, and they head all the way up into Canada. So it's it's not like if we change our dates, we can keep some of those big um, events that we have. So that's a really big thing that makes it hard. When when a fair changes dates, trust me, it's usually about a three-year process if, if um, to get everything to line up just right. So I don't foresee that happening. Jamie Buttke is the Executive Secretary of the Wisconsin Association Affairs. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. This is an ever-evolving situation. Hopefully we don't get to the point where we have to inform you on which fairs are happening and which fairs are not. But I would highly encourage you to go to MidwestFarmReport.com for the latest info. And then also the Association Affairs themselves had a really good landing page last year that listed out which fairs were happening, which ones were stripped back, which ones were canceled. And Buttke says that if we do get to that situation, Again, they will have that webpage up and running in 2021. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Wondering what the weather is going to be like today? Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will join us in moments right here on the Midwest Farm Report. What's the one thing that can ruin any fishing trip? Not having a boat. Lucky for you, Mad City Power Sports has a great selection of 2021 boats in stock. You'll find incredible deals on America's number one selling fishing boat, Tracker, like Bass Trackers, starting at 14120. Don't get left out on the shore this year. Get out to Mad City Power Sports off the interstate into forest today. MadCityPowerSports.com. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. He takes being called a pig as a compliment because he knows that they're smarter than most dogs and people. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. Hang around because I've got an update for you on Wisconsin Farm Bureau's Ag Day at the Capitol. They had that event yesterday. And then also towards the end of the show, I'm going to be catching up with Ryan Yonkman, who is a vice president at Rice Dairy LLC in Chicago, to get an update on your markets. But first, we bring in ag meteorologist Stu Muck. So, Stu, we've had some rain. It's been mild. Uh, what, what are we thinking over the next couple of days? 
Well, we're going to have much the same. It's going to stay fairly mild. There'll be another chance of rain. In fact, southeast Wisconsin may see a little snow, a little slushy covering possibility. I am thinking probably east of Madison, but into the southeast part of the state, there may be just a little sloppy accumulation early tomorrow, even at Fond du Lac. What we're seeing is low pressure going to build up out of the southwest. The front that brought rain yesterday now pushing well off to our east over in lower Michigan. The main front extending from Ohio all the way down to Texas. But another low moves up out of the southwest. There's rain this morning. We're seeing it in Mississippi and southern parts of Missouri and the southern edge of Illinois. And a lot of that activity will move northeast along that front that is just to our east and could very well push up into the southwest part of the state, southeast part of the state, excuse me. The southwest could get just a little light rain out of that activity, but it just doesn't appear to be a whole lot, but could be a variety. Let's put it that way. We'll dry it out again for a time into Friday, and then I expect another low to sweep by to the south. So Friday night and just into Saturday, some rain a possibility. Not much, you know, a quarter inch or less, mostly in most areas. A little heavier down in the far southern part of the state. Not a big rainmaker, but now we've had some moisture. Did you notice? I certainly caught my attention yesterday. It greened up just like that with the rain yesterday. Things are looking green and certainly like spring is trying to build in. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farming is tough enough, as you know. Your 2021 Planted Acres report doesn't have to be. With TopCon's data management platform, TAP, you can submit your Planted Acres report right from your computer. And you don't have to have any TopCon gear in your tractors. Signing up is free. And TopCon's TAP can handle your planting data electronically from any of the major planting solutions available. Learn more at CropReporting.com. It's that easy. Attorney Advisement from Longo Legal PLLC. Attention farmers. Recent studies have linked the commercial herbicide Paraquat with a significant increase in Parkinson's disease. If you or a loved one were exposed to Gramoxone or any other Paraquat-containing herbicides at work or on a farm and then developed Parkinson's disease, you may be entitled to financial compensation and you have the right to take action. Call Longo Legal today for a free consultation. 844-900-DRUG. That's 844-900-DRUG. Non-attorney spokesperson. It's Josh Scramlin for the Midwest Farm Report. Stu Muck, ag meteorologist, is along with us. Just looking at some current temps. It's 37 in Shano. It is 43 in Cloudy and Whitewater. And it is 39 in Cloudy in Mauston. So taking that into account, Stu, how much are we going to, quote, quote, warm up today? Well, upper 40s could be a 50 at La Crosse. It's not a, a big warm up from current temps. But, you know, as we start to push into the upper 40s around 50, that's a little bit above normal. The normal's in the upper 40s right now, so not too bad of a day. But there is that chance, especially in the south and east, of a little light rain yet by late today with cloudy skies. The upper 40s, the wind's becoming northeast at 5 to 10. Rain overnight. And in the southeast, call it a quarter of the state, could be a little snowflake or a little slushy accumulation mixing in with that light snow. Generally, we're talking rain at a tenth of an inch or less and just a sloppy little snow cover. We drop back down to around 30 or so. The east winds 5 to 15, gusting to 25, become north late in the night. 
in the south and east. There may be a little light snow or rain early Friday. Otherwise, skies will be clearing everywhere, becoming mostly sunny, low 50s. North winds 5 to 10 become west, but late Friday night into Saturday, rain builds in again. Cloudy skies Saturday, mid 50s. South and southwest winds 10 to 20 and gusty. Rain Friday night and Saturday, Josh, uh, even up to a quarter, maybe a half inch in southern Wisconsin. Okay. All right. Well, we will catch up with you tomorrow, and we'll talk about what that weekend forecast is looking like, okay? Sounds like a plan. Have a great day. All right. Yep, you as well. That is Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck. Just taking a look at some more of those current temps I was talking about. It's 39 and cloudy in Oshkosh, 36 and cloudy in Wausau. It is 37 and cloudy in Green Bay, and it is 41 and cloudy in La Crosse. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Skilled trade workers are the backbone of every community and also the Army National Guard. Soldiers trained to keep the power flowing, engines running, and in every other trade needed to accomplish the mission. These soldiers are on the fast track to learning skills that can set them up for success at home with companies looking to hire the best. Their resumes are being built through their paid training and part-time service. Find out how you too can learn a trade profession by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Registration for Johnson Tractor's Planter Clinic is going on now. This clinic is catered to your situation based on your Case IH or Kimsey planner. Take classes on your own time and have access in the field once planning starts. Complete your class by March 31st and earn a reward on your next parts purchase. Look for the registration link at johnsontractor.com. Johnson Tractor from land to lawn. Interest rates are at all-time lows, and home equity is at all-time highs. You know what that means? You can save big money by refinancing your mortgage loan. Whether you want to just save a few hundred dollars a month, consolidate some debt, or get money for home improvements, now's the time to call me. Educated Mortgage, the way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. number, 222-652. I use Prairie Exteriors for... Roofing, metal siding, shingles, windows, doors, interior work. Very affordable. They get the job done. Their workmanship excels most of the work I've ever seen. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors. Now that's impressive. Good people. PrairieExteriors.com. Hey, check the grill. The game's coming on. It's time to turn those Johnson Sausage Brats. And what a deal. You buy five packages at $6 each, and you get a package free. Pick up burgers, roast, chops, and Wisconsin's finest cheese at Johnson's Sausage Shop in Rio. They're perfect for cooking out or eating in. Add your favorite beer, wines, or liquor, and eat deliciously. See johnsonsausage.com. Brats are ready. Johnson's Sausage Shop in Rio. Take a chill pill. Hi, my name is Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. Do you battle stress, anxiety, or depression? You need to know about our top-selling product, Chill Pill. Chill Pill is a natural supplement with a simple herbal blend that works. Infused with magnolia bark to reduce cortisol for stress relief, L-theanine to calm the mind from anxious thoughts, and the amino acid 5-HTP to balance your serotonin levels and uplift the mood. Has anyone ever told you that you need to take a chill pill? Well, now you can for less than a dollar a day. 
After everything that we have all gone through this last year, we all need a chill pill. Talk to our wellness consultants today to see if chill pill is right for you. Come on over to any of our four locations for in-store shopping or curbside pickup. Or stay home and take advantage of our same-day delivery in Dane County. Free shipping, live chat feature on our website, and phone consultations. Stop in or check us out online at findyourhealthyplace.com. The Healthy Place. So Susan came over, and the first thing she says is, this whole room looks completely different. Okay, that wasn't the first thing Susan said. She gossiped about Linda, but I didn't get involved. So I say, yes, the whole room. I mean, if Susan is going to gossip, I'll give her something to gossip about. And she goes, I can't believe it. Okay, truth bomb. All I did was add accessories from Lazy Boy. So Susan unloads and says she could never do something so amazing. And I think to myself, all right, maybe you exaggerated too much. Let her in on it. Truth is, Susan, I went to Lazy Boy and picked up a few items. Their interior designers show you how an area rug here and a couple of side tables there can change a whole room. And she headed to Lazy Boy. She better not blab this to Linda. Just a few accessories from Lazy Boy makes the difference. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy home furnishings and decor. Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Since 1995, the Global Positioning System, or GPS, developed by the U.S. military, has been operational for civilian use. Today, the men and women of the Air Force Reserve continue their vital mission, guiding safely on your way while protecting the freedoms we all enjoy. The United States Air Force Reserve, guiding and protecting America. Strobes, what's it been like, you know, leading up to before you guys flew out? Were you guys having practices? Like, what, were you were you just kind of like laying low? Like, what was the vibe like of the team? What were you guys doing? No, really good, really upbeat. Uh, you know, first time seven years we're back in the dance and and have a chance to win a national championship like our uh, our ladies team. You know, and again, hats off to our women's team, man. Again, they've just done a great job. So we want to follow suit there. But we've had some good practices at Lebon. Uh, it's been very upbeat. We've tested at home. Uh, everyone uh, seems to be good there, and so for us, it's just it's dialing in. We've watched video on uh, Bemidji. We've gotten I've gotten a Michigan Tech, uh, as well as a Bemidji video, or excuse me, a um, Lake Superior State video about them, and they remind me a lot of Penn State. Uh, they can trap you a little bit in the neutral zone. They're going to try to clog things up, but I think again, our speed, our tenacity, and playing Badger hockey when we've been successful this way, has to be the uh, ingredient for us to have success. So, Strobes, have you ever uh, been to Rebster Bank Arena before in Bridgeport? I'm looking at the pictures right now at uh, the Badger Men Hockey on uh, Twitter here. It looks, looks pretty palatial. I see you guys throwing the football around, having a good time. Have you ever been out there before? I, I have not been to this rink. I, I did years back in 95-97, played in the American League out here on the East Coast out of Albany. So I've been around this area uh, years ago, but never to Bridgeport in the rink, uh, Sacred Heart University is the host team. Uh, looks like a nice rink. It's an NHL size, 200 by 85, that the uh, uh, American League team for the New York Islanders play in. And and uh, you know, ice is ice, man. They got to play on it. We got to play on it. Hell and yeah. I, I think our guys are ready to go to war and and prove that Badgers are back to national prominence and in college hockey. I like that, baby. Ice is ice. You got to go get them, uh, Barry. When it comes to, you know, turning your attention to tournament time, what's it like, you know, in your playing days, you guys obviously with the, the incredible run, you know, hoisting it. What's it like as you turn your attention to the, the do-or-die, win-or-go-home mentality? 
Well, as, as everyone knows, it's a little different this year with uh, COVID protocol and scheduling and everything. And, and so when we played, and, and usually when you play, you're, you're going from weekend to weekend and you're playing games and you have a little bit. And, and not until you get to the frozen four do you have maybe a two-week layoff. So I'm, I'm curious to, to ask Strobes, you know, how they have prepared the last two weeks because hockey is a game of uh, – it's something you just can't just go away for three or four days and rest and then pick up the skates and start skating again. It's, it's a momentum game. It's uh, it's, a, it's how you feel putting the skates on and snapping the puck around. And and also you have to, it's different when you're competing against your your own team in practice compared to, you know, getting hit in a live real game. So, you know, vastly different. Um, the team's going to have to adapt. So I'm really curious to hear what Coach Strobel has to say on that. Look at, I mean, Strobel's real quick. Barry is a Softball. freaking pro. Softball. Barry is a pro at this dude. <laughs> Barry, we have another mic in here if you just want to come in and, like, take the reins, brother. We have another mic in here for you. But, Strobel, the stage is yours. Barry, with the hit, hard-hitting question. Well, no, it's a great question. When, when we got back from that uh, playoff uh, weekend there uh, in the Big Ten and, and had the Minnesota loss, uh, we got right back to work. Uh, I think uh, Tony, myself, Oz, we were very focused on uh, what we lacked in that game, especially in the second period and what we needed to correct, uh, certainly as coaches, and then to uh, make sure instruction was pretty much uh, dead on. And I think we, we got right back to, you know, men are men. We did a lot of battle drills. We did a lot of D-zone coverage stuff that we talked about to make sure assignments, uh, you know, were correct. And we weren't getting crossed up on trying to play man-on-man when we're actually a zone type defense uh, in, in our own end. And, um, you know, for us, it was just competing again and winning one-on-one pucks, uh, doing stuff off the walls, being good on over-unders on the boards, and um, just just a lot of the little team stuff, too, in our neutral zone, our forechecking, our, um, our regrouping quickly and attacking, and then uh, worked on the forecheck. So pretty much everything. We got some special teams in um, a couple days ago as well, so we worked on our uh, power play and penalty kill, and uh, we touched on everything, and then the goaltenders got a ton of shots. We also did some 4D splits. So, you know, again, it was very, very focused. It was very detailed, and um, we, we worked hard. And like I said, um, it's it's what we're going to do that's going to determine our future here in the next uh, four games. But for us, uh, we got to win the first period and have a good first shift against Bemidji and set the tone. Well, is that how you break it down, Strobes? I mean, you, I mean, you said period by period, right? Or is it shift by shift? Is that how you break it down with the guys? It's like go out there, just focus on your your role, your job, what you do, just shift by shift. And don't get caught up in the bigger picture. You do. I think for me as a coach too, uh, when I'm when I'm talking with the forwards, you know, I just tell them right away, go get your legs underneath you. You know, go go feel the puck. Uh, you know, go go get into a body. You know, get that first shift under your belt. When asked to name his favorite family members, he asks if the animals in the barn count. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. We'll get to your agribusiness news in just a moment and talk with Karen Geffert from Wisconsin Farm Bureau about their ag day at the Capitol that happened yesterday. But first, let's see what happened on this day in history. It was on this day in 1967 that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. led a march against the Vietnam War in Chicago. They had over 5,000 people marching in the streets of the Windy City, and that was certainly right at the height of the anti-war movement. It was on this day in 1972 that actually one of my favorite songs became a number one hit. The song A Horse With No Name by America hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 all the way back in 1972. It was on March 25th, 1984 that Michael Jackson debuted the 
moonwalk, which is obviously incredibly famous now, but people had never seen anything like that when it happened. And it was actually during a Motown television special celebrating 25 years of the Motown record label. And then finally, on this day in 2002, the TV show The Bachelor premiered on ABC. And that show still going very strong. Again, my name is Josh Scramlin, and right now I am sitting behind the Landmark Services Cooperative Ag Renews Desk, taking a look at what is happening in your world on a Thursday. Yesterday, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation had their annual Ag Day at the Capitol, but things looked very different this year. Like so many events, they had to do everything online because of the pandemic, but that doesn't mean that they didn't accomplish their goals by briefing members on policy and then having members meet virtually with their lawmakers. Karen Geffert is the Executive Director of Governmental Relations with WFBF. So Karen, now that it's done and you can look back at it, how do you think the event went? Well, for our first ever virtual Ag Day at the Capitol, we're extremely pleased with how everything went. So it was, it was uh, in my perspective, a great virtual Ag Day at the Capitol event. Yeah, I tuned into most of it. It seemed like it went really well. It flowed nicely. Are you going to reach out to members to get their input? Absolutely. So we are actually in the process of putting together a feedback survey that will go out to all of the registrants from Ag Day at the Capitol to provide some uh, feedback specifically on... Um, you know, conversations that our participants have with their legislators in their virtual meetings later today. All right. So you had a policy briefing that was a live stream on YouTube and you had a whole bunch of speakers roll through and get Wisconsin Farm Bureau members up to speed on what they need to know as they get ready to speak with their lawmakers. So they did the policy briefing and then a lot of them did actually talk with their lawmakers. What are you hoping comes from those conversations? Well, I hope there's a lot of discussion about um, the budget and how there are many provisions in the governor's budget proposal that were also legislative initiatives from the last session that never made it all the way through the process. Good policy pieces, uh, many of them having a fiscal impact that, that they can talk to their legislators about and support and ask for their support and funding. Um, and and how those proposals impact their individual farms. So, for example, um, under the DAC cap part of our issue briefings, there is the producer-led watershed grants. Um, that is a program that always has more requests for funding than there is allocation for funding. And so if you are a farmer in a watershed group and you would like to, maybe you don't have your own watershed producer-led watershed group and you want to form one, um, which we see new programs forming all the time, um, that's an opportunity for you to advocate for local initiatives from farmers to address water issues. That is Karen Geffert, the Executive Director of Governmental Relations with Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Some of the other big issues that they had their members zero in on for their annual Ag Day at the Capitol yesterday was truth and labeling, farmland preservation, and they also touched on the recent wolf hunt that took place here in the state of Wisconsin. In other news, the Farm Workforce Modernization Act, which was passed last week by the House of Representatives, would give dairy farmers much-needed greater access to foreign labor. And with that, here's Michael Clements. Michael? National Milk Producers Federation spokesperson Chris Galen says House passage of the bill provides momentum towards addressing dairy's labor needs. Last week, the House of Representatives took a very important step towards giving dairy farmers and other ag employers access to a workforce that they desperately need. The Farm Workforce Modernization Act was passed by a very strong vote, 247 to 174. And we had a good bipartisan roster of members of the House from all across the country supporting this. Now, what we 
we need to have happen is the Senate to take up the ball and make certain that the effort doesn't die here, because with all the efforts that we've made to tell lawmakers about the importance of fixing our labor laws, particularly as it relates to foreign-born guest workers, it would be a shame if this were the last step in the process here this year. Some Senate lawmakers have plans to introduce a companion bill. We've already heard that two members of the Senate, Michael Bennett of Colorado and Mike Crapo of Idaho, have said that they want to introduce a Senate version of the Farm Workforce Modernization Act in the spring. And this is very good news because we need to have a Senate companion bill make some adjustments in the House version, changes that dairy and others would like to see made. But importantly, we need to build on momentum coming out of the House vote last week. If we don't get a bill through the Senate, then a lot of the work that we put into passing the bill through the House initially will be for naught. So we definitely need to see a Senate version get approved by the Senate this year. We're hoping then that a strong bipartisan vote in the Senate, going along with what happened last week in the House, ultimately result in President Biden having the opportunity to sign the bill. Galen says the Farm Workforce Modernization Act is part of a broader effort to reform U.S. immigration laws. The other thing that the House did last week was pass legislation giving the DREAMers, those individuals who came to the U.S. illegally when they were children, an opportunity to have legal status. And so that also was something that was viewed strongly on a bipartisan basis along with the ag labor component. And once you get past those two things, it becomes a lot tougher to pass legislation that's going to be satisfying the strong voices sort of on both ends of the spectrum of this immigration issue. So that's why we're really gratified that lawmakers are starting with things that are the the low-hanging fruit, as it were, the things that have the most support, including the DACA fix, as well as the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. Galen adds dairy's primary need is access to a year-round workforce, which is included in the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. The current H-2A visa program is meant to hire seasonal workers. Often it's used by employers who have need for migrant workers who come in seasonally to harvest produce. But that doesn't really work for the dairy sector because our labor needs are perennial and year-round. And so the Farm Workforce Modernization Act would give dairy employers and others who have year-round labor needs access to the H-2A program. So that's why it's very important that we have this legislation because right now at least some other sectors of agriculture have the H-2A visa program, but that doesn't apply at all to the dairy sector. Learn more online at nmpf.org. Michael Clements reporting. All right, thank you, Michael. We got a market update coming for you here in just a second. And from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri News Desk, I'm Josh Scramlin. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As a proud sponsor of the WIAA, Rural Mutual roots for all of Wisconsin student-athletes. Whether they're a hometown hero or they dream of the national spotlight, sportsmanship keeps Wisconsin strong. Visit RuralMutual.com slash WIAA to learn more about how they support high school athletics. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select Case IH equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Now that the weather is finally getting warmer, it's time to gear up for spring and get started on those projects you've been thinking about all winter. Blaine's Farm and Fleet has all the supplies you'll need to get the job done right. 
like steel welding stock in a variety of shapes and sizes, now 10% off. Get the job done fast with the Hobart Handler 140 115-volt MIG welder. It's extremely versatile, perfect for household, auto body, and even heavier farm repairs that require extreme welding power. On sale, $499.99. Stay safe on the job with auto-darkening designer welding helmets from KT. Your choice, $64.99. Plus, check out these great doorbuster deals. Krylon Farm and Implement Paints, now 10% off. Save $3 on 24- to 50-pound bags of Purina Pro Plan dog food. And keep your feathered friends happy with Farm and Fleet Wild Bird Food. Two 20-pound bags of Wild Bird Food, just 11 bucks. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. A man that knows any food tastes better when deep-fried and served on a stick. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. All right, let's take a look at your opening markets from Chicago. Cash corn is going to open up at five fifty-three and a quarter. That is up two pennies. And new crop corn is at four sixty-nine. Even that is down three quarters of a cent. Cash beans are at fourteen thirty-two and three quarters. That's up nine and a half cents. And new crop beans are up four and three quarters of a penny at twelve twenty-eight and a quarter. As for wheat, they did not have a good day. May wheat is at six twenty-four and three quarters of a cent. That is down ten pennies. And September wheat is down five and three quarters of a cent at six eighteen and a half. As for your class three fluid milk contracts, they're going to open in the red. April milk is down nine cents at sixteen sixty two, and May milk is down twenty eight cents at seventeen twenty. Hang out for a second because Ryan Yankman, who is a vice president with Rice Dairy LLC in Chicago, is going to be joining me this morning to get a live market update. We're going to be seeing what's happening in the marketplace and what you need to know going into this Thursday for the Midwest Farm report i'm josh scramlin farmers understand the power and the value of the sun they understand return on investment cameron olson owner of olson solar energy this is an opportunity to get rid of that energy bill farmers understand taking expenses away they just get it it's the difference between renting and owning you are renting your energy currently okay own your energy It's a no-brainer. You are going to have that energy bill. You're going to. It's a known expense that every farm has. Put a solar field in, put a solar system in, and now make your own energy. It's a business decision, just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. You should reach out to us, and we will come out to look at your farm for a very specialized, specific quote for you. Even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A Skincare Minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com.
A man that knows any food tastes better when deep fried and served on a stick. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. The best thing about Tuesdays and Thursdays is that we get to have some market advisors join us live on the air. So with that, this week, we're going to bring in Ryan Yonkman. He's a VP at Rice Dairy LLC in Chicago. So, uh, Ryan, yesterday, you know, we were talking about what we were going to go over. And, you know, you said the market's kind of been in a real grind lately. It's felt stale. Uh, What exactly is going on? How come there's not a whole lot of action in the dairy markets? Yeah, so, you know, through the lens of dairy specific here, uh, when we look at, you know, two sides of the equation, we'll talk about the class three and the class four market, class three being cheese and whey. Uh, you look at our forward curve, our market is trading around $18 a hundredweight. Uh, so when I talk about a grind, the good news here is we're, we're stuck at a grind at very good prices. And that $18, if you look globally, really corresponds to where the rest of the world is trading, roughly a 170 to 190 cheese equivalent. Uh, so to look at U.S. prices and get very excited above this level, you're going to need some new news. You're going to need to find reasons for the U.S. to rally above the globe or the globe needs to take that next step. And so for the time being, with ample amounts of cheese in stocks and a strong U.S. milk production curve uh, recently up 2%, it's hard to get too excited there. Uh, the Class 4 side is where we continue to have pent-up excitement uh, and just more or less waiting for it to play out. Uh, on that side of the equation, you got a U.S. price trading closer to fifteen and a half dollars uh, versus a global price trading anywhere from eighteen to twenty-one, um, and that is a very export-focused product, right? That is butter and powder, uh, and we continue to see really, really nice export numbers come out on that stuff, especially to China. Uh, they're obviously been a huge player in the grain space as well, but February numbers were released yesterday, um, big uptick across the board. You know, up 50% year-over-year on whey, 8% on whole milk powder, 36% on skim. So we're seeing the right players in here buying. Um, just been slow to see these U.S. prices giddy up and go as far as U.S. powder prices go. Hmm. Okay. And then I kind of want to pivot and talk about, uh, you know, what's coming out of the USDA, uh, obviously with a new administration, a new secretary of ag. Have they really said what they're trying to do? Are they trying to do families to food or uh, family to food box or, or what are they trying to do to kind of stimulate the markets there, if anything? Yeah. So a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of gray still, but yesterday actually an announcement came out and uh, secretary Vilsack Honestly, I think still a lot of gray to be read, but but clarified a couple things. Um, I guess one broadly, more help is on the way. Uh, one of which will come through the lens for dairy farmers uh, with this dairy donation program. We've been talking about this thing for six months. Uh, they have still not released exactly how it's going to work, uh, but he reconfirmed it's coming. The dairy donation program is going to be a program focused on buying what appears to be low-end products. Um, things like butter, things that are, are long in inventory, maybe struggling to export. Uh, the other probably key topic that came out in yesterday's announcement was indeed CFAT money. Uh, some products seem to have very clear cut. Uh, here's what's going to happen. I think for farmers and cattlemen, uh, there's some obvious, obvious additions of cash for the dairymen. It's still great to me what exactly they changed, uh, whether that's they open up the caps or whatnot. So I'd encourage guys to start uh, getting on the phone, calling their FSA office and see what we can figure out there. Um, But it does look like there's going to be some direct payments coming this year. Uh, There is going to be some purchasing of, let's say, class one product. As far as food to uh, farmers food box goes, uh, we are still in the middle of a 
a period where the USDA has reached out to the industry. There was a phone call a few days ago, more or less asking, uh, how did the pro program go? What was good? What was bad? So that tells us they're very much recalculating how that thing is going to work, uh, if it's even going to continue. Uh, I think what we do know is if the farmers to food box fires back up, I think it's fair to say you could expect it to look very, very different than what it did a year ago. Um, and uh, so a lot more to come on that, but does not look like it would be, let's say, the market mover. It was a year ago uh, as we watched our cheese prices go to all-time highs, having a lot to do with the demand that program created. Ryan Yankman, Vice President at Rice Dairy LLC in Chicago, is along with us right now. I mean, in my mind, it kind of feels like it's a, it's it's been a wait and see for so long. At this point, does it kind of feel like we're waiting to see if the demand is going to increase just on the consumer side of things because things are beginning to reopen? So we're kind of holding our breath, seeing if that will pan out as opposed to you know rolling out some of these uh, programs? I think that's fair, right? I mean, your guess is as good as mine, but when I sit back and look at it, I can't help but lean the same direction. Um, you know, you talk to too many farmers and dairymen that are, you know, where's this news? Where's this money? Where's the government, right? You, you almost get used to it. And the reality is the world today is very different than it was three months, six months, nine months ago. And so I, I think that's fair. I think it's fair to look at the U.S. We are reopening. Demand is picking up. Logistics. Uh, are light years ahead of where they were uh, several months ago as far as getting things moved around. And uh, that, that could be part of their assessment, you know, how much, uh, as much as we'll all take it, uh, how much of it is really necessary in the world we live in today. And, and maybe that's, that is by all means part of um, why this is more or less taking so long to get these details uh, we all think we deserve to hear about uh, as far as how they're going to spend this government money and on what. Uh, I, th I think a fair assessment on your end, though. <laughs> well, I hate making assumptions. It, it just feels that way because you talk about it for so long, and it, it just felt that way. So, okay, I got about uh, – if you could say in 30 seconds, what are the things we got to watch out for over the next couple of days, what would it be? Uh, so one on the grain side, we have a huge uh, grain report next Wednesday. Uh, for dairymen, our input prices are very, very high. Uh, big acreage report there. going to be a lot of volatility wrapped in it. Watch that. Uh, on the dairy side, all eyes on the global market here. Uh, whole milk powder, skim milk powder, it's our North Star. We continue to run massive discounts. If that relationship holds, uh, we think things bow better for U.S. prices coming in the future. All right. Perfect timing. Ryan, thanks so much for joining me, and we'll catch up with you soon, okay? All right. Very good. All right, that is Ryan Yonkman. He is a vice president at Rice Dairy LLC in Chicago. That falls under the Ever Ag umbrella. Current temps right now, it's 39 in Madison, 37 in Eau Claire, and it is 45 in Mauston. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.